0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called to him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be manager and the manager said to himself, "What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am not and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that When I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write down 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into their eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all of these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts for what is exalted among men is an admonition in the sight of God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, a well-known and a well-to-do musician, he was once quoted by saying that you aren't quite wealthy until you have something that money can't buy. And in many ways, this is at the heart of today's parable that Jesus tells us. The key figures in this parable are the rich man and the manager of his business who worked for him. The manager was accused of wasting this rich man's possessions. So the rich man, he calls the manager in and he demands an account. He is frustrated. This guy has to go. He will not be his employee Any longer. At this preliminary point, Jesus would have us go along with the assumption that the manager, well, he's indeed guilty. And he has no grounds to plead his own innocence. The consequences of this manager's dishonesty are far reaching. No other employee or employer, is going to want to give him a second chance after he has disgraced himself like this. He contemplates in what other way he can find employment. Manual labor, like digging fields. Well, that's no good because he realizes that he's not quite strong enough. He just wouldn't be able to hack it. Next, he thinks about begging, but, well, we're all probably too proud for that. Then he thinks of a plan that's maybe just right for him. This might work. This might work in desperation. He speaks to the individuals who owe all of these debts, and he does them a huge favor so that they might do likewise for him and let them stay in their homes. So he calls in each one of them who has a debt and he asks the first, how much do you owe my master? And he says, a hundred gallons of olive oil. And the manager told him, take your bill and sit down and quickly write down 50. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? And he says, 100 bushels of wheat. And he told him, take your bill and quickly write down 80 instead. Either way, this was a misstroke the dodgy manager was guaranteed to come out of this okay. The imbalance would no longer exist, for the entries would appear to have been much smaller than the master thought. That would certainly make him a friend in the eyes of these debtors. Even if this plan would be to be discovered, the bills of debt would be Legally sound, and the debtors would show their gratitude by offering him refuge in their homes. You see, this was an ingenious plan. Even the master, when he received information concerning this last trick of his manager, could not refrain from praising him. He praised The manager, not because of his unfaithfulness and his fraud, but because of his shrewdness and his intelligence in getting himself out of this dire situation. Now, this parable, it comes to us after some of the most well-known parables in the gospel according to St. Luke in which Jesus, he beautifully illustrates for us God's grace and welcome of sinners. Parables like the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the one of the lost son. Jesus, he teaches these parables to the Pharisees to show them that one's position in heaven cannot be earned. And a right standing with God cannot be generated by our own efforts, but it's a free gift to the most undeserving of people. But that we are all undeserving people, which is why life with God is only by his grace. And that is the message of last week's parable too the parable of the lost sheep. Today's parable, though, it's not directed primarily to the Pharisees, but it's directed to his own disciples. And why does Jesus he do this? He does this because worldly riches will be a constant temptation for them. Competing with true riches. God's guidance for fullness of life each day by every word that proceeds from his mouth. The pursuit of wealth is, well, it's no minor thing, it's a rival to God, and it becomes enslaving. People whose idol is the accumulation of wealth are, well, they're never satisfied, but are always hungry for more. There's never enough and they never see the full fruit of it. Or they're never able to truly enjoy it because they have to work more and more to obtain it and to protect it and to keep it for themselves. Making money, it just becomes addictive to them and it becomes enslaving. And Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And this is why Jesus, he sends his disciples out with, without purse, without bag or sandals, so that they would not trust in their own efforts at providing what they needed, but would rely solely on Christ, Christ alone. Now, while recent versions of Luke 16, such as the translation which we heard today in the service order, use the term unrighteous wealth, Jesus he originally originally used the term unrighteous, Mammon to previous to personify wealth and to warn about the danger money poses as an idol in volume 21 of his works commentating on Jesus's sermon on the Mount Luther he says now you see what a fine god mammon is the best guards and courtiers He can assemble our moths and rust. Though someone may have been accumulating great treasures for a long time, these parasites have to devour so much that the one who ought to use it never has a chance to even enjoy it or to take pleasure in it. But there are some people that are so greedy that they keep on scratching and cannot stop They will not let anyone else enjoy it, and they cannot even get any pleasure out of using it themselves. Such people will get what is described here, moths, rust, and thieves will consume it. As it will be gained, so it will be lost. What sort of God is it that is not even capable of defending himself against much as moth and rust? He has not put up with their gnawing and destroying every day, and he has to lie there as easy pickings for everyone. Everything that comes along can devour him, and every thief can rob him. It is frustrating to have a God that governs the whole world and yet is a helpless victim of moth, rust, and thieves. And since you know this, Jesus wants to say, do not set your hearts upon it and do not lay up yourselves treasures on this earth. But be content with whatever God gives you here. And remember that it is in constant danger of being lost or taken from you. Friends, Jesus, he teaches today's parable to his disciples As a way of saying, do not let your worldly resources be your God, but use them in service of your God. Just like the shrewd manager made friends for himself, the disciples are to use what resources God gives to them to make friends so that they may be welcomed into their homes and have an opportunity to proclaim the gospel, the good news. They are to prepare for their future as truly as the manager prepared for his future. They are, to be, they are not to be concerned with present riches, but their eternal destiny. And the eternal destiny of other, others. So that when friends they make welcome them into their homes that will be a snapshot of a heavenly reality as the disciples and those who welcome them and greet one another in their heavenly Father's home. And this is what God calls us to as well. You've all probably heard the saying that it's not what you know, but it's who you know that counts. So, too, we are called to use what resources God has given us to make friends and to establish relationships through our generosity. Just like the shrewd manager. Show yourself to be generous to others and they will respect and trust you. Then when they invite you to their place for a meal, maybe some coffee, You may have the opportunity to share the gospel, to walk with Christ in his mission, the Great Commission, and making disciples with him. Why should we be so concerned to be kind and generous with our abundance in God's service instead of keeping it all for ourselves? Because God is like the rich man. And we are like the unfaithful manager. We must give an account. And we are guilty of our wrongdoing. And, not, and we have no possibility of pleading our own innocence. Our righteousness wouldn't even be able to fill the petty cash box. But God paid the account for us. He did not, he did not just repay our debt. And reduce it by 20% or even the 50%. But he has transferred our unpayable debt in total to his holy and innocent son. It was God who used what he had. Far more than money. But the greatest treasure of all, his only son. To win many into the kingdom as his own children and friends including you. Through Christ, you are sons of light, not just a relationable relationable sense, even though you are daughters and sons of Christ, but also in a legal sense. You are heirs to a heavenly riches on a last will and testament that is signed in Jesus' own blood for you. Remember that quote that I said at the beginning of this time, you aren't wealthy until you have something that money can't buy. Well, what talents do you have? What resources do you have? What time do you have? What gifts do you have? How can you use these or even your abundance to build relationships with those around you in response For what Jesus has done for you on the cross. How can you use your wealth that God has first given you to serve others with passion, with empathy, so that you might win others for the kingdom of God, so that they may be your brothers and sisters in Christ. Who will one day welcome you into your heavenly father's mansion. How can you do this as a snapshot of the gracious God who has first showered infinitely more blessings on you and his son, Jesus? Now, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.